This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. And on the night shift this week, uh, guitarist Kel joined us once again to take a look at someone's career. And we shone the light on the incredible talent of Chris Rea. My goodness, what a guitarist. He didn't even touch a guitar until he was 21 years of age. Would you believe? So many great songs and so many fantastic memories. Do enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weeknights 8 through 10 right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back and time for some music conversation as guitarist Kel is back with us. Last week, of course, we took a look at uh, one of the all-time greatest concerts ever in Live Aid. Um, This week, we're going to shine the spotlight on an artist who I've been lucky enough to see. Have you ever seen this uh, performer? No, unfortunately not. I'd really like to. He's a fantastic guitar player. He is. And, uh, you know, you expect great guitarists to perhaps start playing, certainly in their teens, don't you? Oh, yeah, if not younger. Yeah, if not younger than that, you know. Uh, but this particular gentleman didn't. And he comes from the, the northeast in the UK, a place called Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's quite a character. As I say, I've met him and I've interviewed him in, in the past. But um, uh, just love his music and a very kind of raspy, unusual kind of voice. And I think that's that's the kind of main hook which people uh, remember and kind of associate with him. He's got this wonderful, husky, but warm, deep, soulful voice. And we are talking about... Chris Rea. Chris Rea, we certainly are. Chris Rea from Middlesbrough in England, born in 1951. And he was actually one of seven children. So um, it was a pretty full house and an Italian dad. And, and an Irish mother is, is what he grew up with. But, I mean, what he's accomplished in terms of numbers of albums yeah. and singles is amazing. Yeah, it's actually quite staggering. And uh, when I did a bit of research on this, I had no idea. So to give you some of the headline numbers, he's had 25 studio albums, 14 compilations. He's released 72 singles, of which 32 were top 75 hits, a uh, soundtrack album, um, and he sold in total over 40 million records. It's not bad going, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lad from Middlesbrough. Um, I got a little clip of him when he, he was interviewed talking about the fact that, you know, he didn't even think about being a musician. It wasn't anything that entered his head. I actually, one of the things that is different about me and, and the past is I didn't start playing guitar till I was over 21. Um, it's a shame, really. I missed that complete teenage, having a local band. That all went over my head, you know. I hadn't intended to be a musician at all. But one Saturday afternoon, my mother had, she had these two mirrors at a dressing table where you could see the back of your head and it's Saturday and you're going out, so you're checking your back of your head. And she also had an alarm clock that made tea. Very kitsch. It never did anything properly, including coming on in the middle of the day, not coming on when she wanted it. It came on while I was in that room. It was a live, one, one of the very first live uh, satellite links. And it was to a Memphis, uh, some radio station. And I heard this guy singing, very scratched record, lots of noise. And I could hear that this weird voice that sounded like my voice. 
And I also heard this sound, and I thought it was a violin because there was no start and stop to the note. So that night I said to the guys who were in bands, what will that have been? And somebody told me that it was, will chop the neck of a bottle and use that on the strings. That fascinated me. And my first bottleneck was one of my sister's nail varnish bottles. And I had that for about four months, um, trying to find a bottleneck in a music shop in the north of England was very difficult. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> didn't even pick up a guitar. I had no intention of being a musician no. at all. And, uh, you know, turned out to be a genius. It is, yeah. It's, it's interesting because he's, uh, he's been quoted to say that he started off uh, that he was going to be in the family business, which was ice cream, because that's what his yeah, dad yeah, did, yeah, yeah. was ice cream. And then he wanted to be a journalist because he's a prolific writer. And I think this has kind of come out in what he's done. We've mentioned the stats on his records, but mm-hmm. he's also produced and written a film which he was in and that's one of the things he just says he constantly writes and writes and writes but to find the guitar at that age is uh is incredible yeah uh we're going to hear the first piece of music which i adore absolutely adore uh what do we know about this well this one it's a wonderful wonderful song and it came out in 86 and it was also one of the first songs that was played on vh1 which I think really helped it kind of enter the zeitgeist because once you hear it, it takes you to where the title of this song is. It's beautiful, it's really nice, it's emotion, and it's, uh, it's on the beach.
God, it just makes you want to go down the beach, that tune. I think <laughs> if I play that in the morning, uh, I'll be I'll be off down to Jumeirah. You uh, kind of uh, likened him to a couple of Barrys on that tune. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was two Barrys, actually, randomly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it reminded me of uh, a Middlesbrough version of Barry White with, <laughs> with yeah. that kind of real deep soul voice that he's got and that texture married to that music. Ironically, same as, as Barry White and the other one, it reminded me, the music reminded me of, of Barry Manilow, like Copacabana, yeah, that yeah. kind of feel, yeah. all links in. And it's weird, you don't think of him in those kind of things, but when you listen to this song, it all just makes sense. It does, doesn't it? Apparently, it was inspired by the Spanish island Formentera, which is off yeah. the coast of Ibiza. And um, he said that that was where... Um, his, him and his, his wife, wife you know, became, uh, became man, man and wife. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what inspired the tune. I think it's an absolute masterpiece, is that one, yeah. on, on the beach. Let's let's have a little bit more of it. It kind of sinks into a little bit of avant-garde, kind of a lot of Fender Rose piano going on. the suntan cream please <laughs> anybody seen Chris Rear in concert I would love to hear from you anybody met Chris Rear like I have been lucky enough to meet him but it came with a little bit of danger and I'll tell you that story uh, when we come back right here on Dubai Eye 103.8 you're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station this is the night shift on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, we like to talk music on a Thursday night with guitarist uh, Kel, and uh, we're shining the spotlight on uh, one of my favourite artists in Chris Rea. When, when earlier on, Kelly was talking about this kind of bottle thing yeah. uh, on the guitar, what, what kind of sound does that get? And, you know, uh, how do you play that technique? Yeah, it's, it's called slide guitar. So it kind of makes the the notes sustain for for a long period of time and it almost sounds a little bit kind of like violiny okay. because it's it just has that that kind of nice sort of vibrato it's it's actually really difficult to do properly yeah because it's easy to not actually get the note but people like him that can play it well is it's just an incredible style especially with his sister's nail varnish bottle <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> don't know what she thought of that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was lucky enough to um be on the inaugural flight with emirates back in 2007 to newcastle wow. in the north of england and did lots of recordings from all kinds of different places and then for the gala dinner um the entertainment was chris rea which oh fantastic wow, wow amazing um and i'd done a few interviews i'd interviewed uh, the footballer alan shearer who was who was there also Bobby Robson um, the incredible England manager former England manager who was in attendance as well great interviews and uh, and then I thought well I'll, I'll try and get um, uh, Chris Rea to have a chat with me so I went over to his manager was in the the audience and um, you know I said can I have a chat with uh, with with Chris Rea I'm from Dubai uh, I radio and uh, you know we're here on this special press trip and he was quite adamant he said no sorry uh, there won't be any interviews, can't do any interviews. Uh, that, you know, that's the end of that. So I said, OK, thank you, and, and, and walked off. Anyway, there was an after party in the hotel, and um, I thought, I'll just 
put my recorder in my pocket, you know, just, you never know, just try. in case. <laughs> Chris Rea's there, he's relaxed and chatting to people. So I went up to him and, and asked, I said, Chris, you know, I'm, I'm from Dubai, I want a 3.8 radio. We're here on this press trip. Could I just have five minutes with you just to talk about um, your music and your career? Yeah, no problem, no problem. So we went and stood in the corner, did this little interview for probably about 10 minutes, actually, we were talking. I, I always remember him telling me how much he loved exploring music with the Arabic scale. He was really mm. getting into that, yeah. uh, the, the kind of Arabic scale of music. Anyway, completed the interview, shook his hands. Thank you very much, you've made my day. And the manager... <laughs> Chris Rea came over to me and grabbed me, got hold of me and <laughs> no pushed way. me up against a wall and said, I told you, you couldn't have an interview. <laughs> so, you know, I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, managed to escape without uh, getting punched. But um, it was a pretty of a dodgy moment, I'll tell you. So, I mean, sometimes to get interviews, you've got to be a little bit cheeky and a little bit pushy <laughs> to get it. But uh, I didn't expect to be, um, you know, threatened and up against a wall with this guy. But anyway, uh, great memory. And uh, he, he really was a lovely fella. Let's get on to our second tune from Chris Rear. Yeah, so this one, I think this this was off of his first album and was a huge, huge hit. I think it was um, 1978, I think this one came out. Yeah. And um, it's, it's great because he's got, he says he's still got the original piece of paper with the original lyrics and song notes and he'd put on it, song for Al Green, 96 beats per minute, drums to sound like this. So he kind of okay. scratched out all of these notes um, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful song called Fall If You Think It's Over. Say 
Oh, that is just epic, isn't it? Second song from uh, our artist that we're looking at tonight, Chris Rear. That earned him a Grammy nomination. He, he should have won 20 Grammys for that. Um, and uh, although he's known for his prowess on slide guitar, this is, I think, the only song that he never touched a guitar on. He never played guitar on. No, that. no, he didn't on this. And um, I'm not quite sure why. I, I think it's probably because it's such a soulful song um, and it's centred very much around the melody, around the keyboards beautiful string arrangement in the back yeah yeah and um and i think this is one thing with with his with his songs it's like harmonically and musically really complex and i think this i mean bearing in mind this was off it like this was his first album <laughs> it's very very mature songwriting yeah, yeah, and, it is. Um, reminds me a bit we, we did we did christopher cross a little while ago yeah, didn't yeah, we? yeah. similar kind of guy again his mm. first album which which we looked at very very musically clever yeah, writing yeah. Uh, and he, he said uh, that when this song became a hit he had enough <laughs> money to splash out on a Ferrari <laughs> good for you Mr Ria we're going to squeeze in one more tune Let's Dance what, what do we know about this one yeah so th- this is an interesting one because originally it appeared as a B-side on a, on a track in 86 called It's All Gone and then when he uh, did his ninth album which I think was Dancing With Strangers he re-recorded it so it was released in 87 and uh, and it peaked at number 12 in, in the charts now an interesting thing around this as well he's, he re-recorded another version in 1997 and that was for his home football club Middlesbrough <laughs> who adopted it and the, the lyrics were written by Bob Mortimer but, uh, yeah, this really? is, that, yeah 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 for, for the Middlesbrough one <laughs> Chris Real let's dance to buy I 103.8 
So there's our third song from uh, the incredible talent of Chris Rear. I mean, his g- guitar style on that, mm. there's various different ones, isn't there? You know, there's yeah. a bit of slide on there. Yeah, yeah, right at the beginning, it's very Rikudri with that. There's a lot in the main riff that reminds me a lot of Mark Knopfler. Yeah. Um, and I think they both played known for playing red Fender Stratocasters. Um, but yeah, there's lots of different mixes. But and, and again, the solo at the end is very, very bluesy. So you can hear kind of where his different influences come from. Mm-hmm. But merges it all together just so beautifully. And he does, does. I'm glad he didn't go into the ice cream business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Yeah, we're talking music tonight and we are talking uh, Chris Rea. And I, I must drop in as well. Every single Christmas Eve, I always play Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea. It's probably yeah. my favourite yeah, song. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, Christmas yeah, isn't Christmas without be done. Chris. Get, get behind the wheel <laughs> and here we go with Chris Rea. But um, amazing number of albums that he's put out. And yeah, 25. I had no 25 idea. Albums, 25 albums, no. 25. And um, yeah, so he's, his top-selling ones are The Road to Hell, which sold over 3 million. Very best of Chris Rea. Okay, I'll, yeah. you know, that's kind of a bit of a best of, but that was 3 million. Um, in 1988, um, New Light Through Old Windows, million and a half. Uh, Auberge in 1991, mm-hmm. that, that was a great album too. That was one and a half million. Um, and on the beach was eight hundred and forty five thousand. So he's he's he's, he's shifted a few in. units. Yeah, he's shifted, yes. <laughs> That's why he could get the Ferraris. Yeah, indeed. And drive it on, on the road to hell, which I think was his most successful single, I think. Yeah, I think I think so. And it's interesting because this is Road to Hell Part Two. Yeah. So on the album there's like a two parter. I guess almost like a Pink Floyd, you know, the headball yeah, yeah. and, and all yeah. the different versions. Yeah. because um, he's a massive car nut. That's one of these things. He was when he was brought up. His dad was really into Ferrari, so that's where he, mm-hmm. the Ferrari ambition came from. And he he's uh, he collects old like kind of classic cars. He races them, so like it's very very kind of part part of his DNA. And especially um, anyone from the UK, I'm sure we've experienced this being stuck on a, a very famous motorway called the M25 <laughs> <laughs> in traffic or or the Shakeside Road, I suppose, as uh, as we all have. And um, yeah, he was stuck there for an hour stuck in traffic and then it just kind of came to him and yeah you couldn't say it better road to hell Shadows and the perverted. 
Frustrations on the M25 and M4 back in the UK. Thank you, Aruma, for your message. Didn't think I enjoyed The Road to Hell when it first came out, but many years later, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a class piece of music, no two ways about it. He's also done some work, Kel, in, in the movies as well, hasn't he? Yeah, and I never really knew this. And, um, yeah, it's fascinating. He he wrote his own film, which, which came out. It was... Uh, a, uh, a film called uh, The Passion, which was kind of really, it was a personal project, a bit centered around his life. It was kind of set from a simple boy dreaming about famous Ferrari cars and uh, people at the time that were, were were looking to to be involved in it were people like Billy Connolly and Pete Capaldi. But in the actual film, it starred Shane Gallagher, Paul Shane, and also Shirley Bassey, who, <laughs> who appeared who appeared on the soundtrack, and uh, and he actually acted in another film in 1999 called Parting Shots and that was with Felicity Kendall Oliver Reed Bob Hoskins Diana Rigg Ben Kingsley oh John Cleese who you uh, well, yeah, spoke well, to yeah we had on ago. the show a few weeks ago yeah and Joanna Lumley and he, and he was the lead character in that what a talent what, yeah. what a talent great yeah. guitar player lovely voice adore yeah. that voice and he, he can act as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts then on Chris Rea I just think it's uh, joy and a surprise it's it's the yeah. the amount of stuff that he's done but i think it's the quality that really stands out the quality of the music the quality of his writing absolutely outstanding yeah great to have you kel once again looking at that incredible talent of chris rea you've been listening to a dubai i 103.8 podcast to enjoy lots more from dubai i in the united arab emirates just go to dubai i 1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts